0: Let's try this again. Welcome, everybody, to the In the Dome Podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Maybe we should try like a podcast. harmony one time. Podcast.
1: Podcast. 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 Oh. Jesus, that's going to be really annoying. I apologize. <laughs> we apologize in reverse. After the fact? Okay, let's get into it. We won last night. What'd you think of the game? Okay, so on the agenda today, we're gonna go through the game. Go through the game. We're gonna go through Rastus Anderson's new deal. We're gonna do a quick recap on how Stockton's look halfway through the season. Then we're gonna do mailbag. And then we're gonna do a little deeper dive into Talbot and Riddick. We got a little debate to do. Okay, just so I know what's going right. on. So okay. the game last night. Y- y- Yikers. So let's let's go right to this because
0: you posted after the game, and you sent me a message and I also posted after the game. That we the high danger scoring chances were in favor of the Minnesota Wild
1: fifteen to three, which is pretty freaky considering the Wild like they're not they're they're in the bottom tier in terms of like offensive producing teams in the league as far as I know. So I almost giving up that much to Minnesota is kind of scary. There's two sides
0: to this. One of them is if Cam Talbot's not in net, and I don't know maybe David Riddick plays just as well, but without Cam Talbot being the difference maker again. I think you
1: lose that game. You 100% lose that game.
0: Now, obviously, if you're trailing, then you're going to push more
1: anyway, so maybe you don't actually lose. Well, the thing that was crazy was like because usually some most times but they the, should have <clears> had <throat> probably four goals. Yeah, exactly. Like even even accounting for the score effect, they still dominated us in the third period, like insane domination. So I thought this. I thought the first was actually okay, didn't you? And that's an interesting stat.
0: The score effect. Yeah, yeah. Maybe explain that real quick. Well, just Cause what I'm finding is a is there's a big learning curve to this whole analytics thing. And it's really important that we all as viewers and big fans of the game start to really learn the analytics piece because we're seeing this on Twitter, on social media. Like, you need to have both. You need to have... You need to watch the games. You
1: need to look at the statistics. You got to have
0: your eye test. And then you also need to balance it out with some
1: analytic analysis exactly so anal you, analysis anal analytic analysis so that
0: you can actually come to an excellent conclusion evaluation It's very true so we'll explain that, we'll explain how that works the, well the
1: score effect it's a, it's kind of a I think most people kind of know it intuitively it takes into account that if a game if a team is behind yeah and pressing for a goal that there's going to be a differential. you're going to be not as obviously you're going to be on your heels a little more. So it kind of adjusts for that. If easily. you're protecting
0: like, a lead, yeah. then you're not necessarily supposed to have as many scoring
1: chances. Exactly. So take last night, for example, the Wilder behind a goal in the third period. Thusly, when you're looking at the raw data in terms of like shot attempts and scoring chances, it's probably going to be skewed because they're going to be playing a little more open. They're going to be taking more risks. They're going to be pinching with their defensemen. They're going to be really pushing offensively.
0: But that, to me, was part of one of the grievances I had with the team last night yeah. was Guys, we learned our lesson three, four weeks ago, what happens when you sit on a one-goal lead. Exactly. Well, this was this happening
1: earlier in the season? Well, what ha- I it remember, it was of...
0: back-to-back games. We played the Heritage Classic. We sat on a one-goal yeah, lead. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we blew it both times. Yeah, and yeah. I think
0: it was the next game right after. No, we played Nashville
1: after, but we did it right away after that. We sat what? on a one-goal lead. That's sitting on the lead thing. Like, what is that? That is not good. So just, just for reference, the expected goals last night, if you look at just five on five— they kind of dominated us. So expected goals last night, the Wild had three point two. We had one point five, almost. But then if you do the if you adjust for the score, so the score effect, they still dominated us three point two five to one point four seven. Yeah, not much change. So not much change. So <clears throat> we weren't like that. That second and third were really bad. So I don't know when did Lynn, or when did the when did the go ahead goal get scored? Do you Johnny's. Yeah, Johnny's goal. Cool. It was in the second period. Okay, and then it seemed like we just fell off a cliff. I think it was right? like it
0: was, I think it was like around what the eight minute mark in the second period. or it must something Must have like
1: been that? like midway through. Yeah, it was like midway through. Okay, so almost at the midpoint, almost at thirty minutes in. So then, like it seems from there on, like the Wild completely took over the game. So yeah, that's what I saw. What's the deal with that? I don't know. I mean, we so haven't we haven't
0: hit? we haven't been doing it lately. So, so hopefully, with the Minnesota
1: Wild—they're wild. like literally one of the dullest teams in the league. One Hopefully
0: those... it's a one-off thing. I know we've been we've been struggling at home lately.
1: Yeah. So maybe it's just like they need to get a win. So yeah, I don't know. If you look at the, if you look at the last 4 games which we've won. That was probably the worst performance. Don't, don't do you agree? Well, either pick either one of the Minnesota games. I guess yeah, no that would have been. The Minnesota the other minute it's weird. The other Minnesota game was like a complete reversal where it's like we dominated. Right. But the goaltending was pretty shaky. But we trailed the whole game. Yeah, it's so weird. Somebody mentioned this to me. It's like, remember last year, or even this year to an extent, it's like when we score a bunch of goals, our goalies stink. When we can't score, our goalies are great. So what's going on? Yeah, it's true, hey? It's weird. Could we just do both for once? It's like, last year we could outscore Mike Smith being an idiot. This year, it's like Cam Talbot can play like a goddamn machine, and we won last night, but... Previous to this he he's hasn't gotten a ton of run support. Even in Chicago, I thought they, they, they allowed a lot of they allowed a lot of scoring chances and he was he had to be on top of his game so let's go right to Talbot real quick. Yeah, let's do that first. Because I got some stats do it first.
0: I got some stats here. I, um Steinberg posted this today, or last night, one or the other. In his last eight games, he's five two and and he has a 9-44 save percentage. 9.44. Yeah. Wow. Which is phenomenal. Now, in the last two games, last night he was he had a 9.77 save percentage, in Chicago he had a 9.69. He was...
1: Now, as a whole in the year, what is he, 9.17? I think he's 9.23. I got it pulled up here. 9.23 on the year. 9.23. So his record as it stands currently, 15 games played, 6 wins, 7 losses, 9.23 save percentage, 2.51 goals against. And a, a pretty excellent goal saved above average. So at 6.69. Quite good. Okay. Compared to Riddick. Riddick has played... Oh, Jesus, he's played a lot of hockey, man. He's played 33 games. He's got 18 wins, 10 losses, 5 tie... Or whatever, shootout, overtime loss. Yeah. He has a save percentage of nine eleven, Still pretty good. And I don't want this to sound like we're just like, oh, Riddick has been terrible, right? He's still been good. No, I, we-
0: like I, th- I still think if you're looking at if you if you subtract the last five games, yeah, exactly, he's still your MVP.
1: 100% agree.
0: Now, now halfway through the season, maybe you make an argument that Lindholm, yeah, or somebody else might be, but he's still in the argument. But and I and honestly, looking at these numbers is only again you need the eye test and you need the numbers, but the numbers to me are a little bit skewed because if you factor in how much
1: David Critic has played. Well, they. He, how much is he? Play, what is the most he's played in an NHL season? Wasn't it last year, forty-five games or something? He's already played yeah. thirty-three. That's insane.
0: So in half a season, he's like almost played as much as his
1: career high. And I'm curious as to why. Have you heard anybody ask like Jeff, like or definitely didn't ask Bill Peters before this, but it's like, why have they been so hesitant? Well, it was more so Bill, I guess. Why have they been so like reliant on Redick? Well, at the
0: time, because he was,
1: he was the guy that was the
0: difference maker on a nightly basis. Yes. I, I think at the time, it was like, he's going to give us, hands down, the best chance to win. Yeah, I guess And at so. the time, when Talbot was getting his starts... He, he was, was struggling was. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I guess maybe Bill's looking at those games as must-wins, and he's just going
1: back and back and back to Riddick. That doesn't sound like Bill Peters at all, trying the same old shit, even though it's detrimental to the team over time. But, I mean, we talked about this, I think, on the last podcast.
0: It's like... He's already had 33 starts halfway through the season. That means he's on pace for 66 starts. That means he's on pace to play 75% of the games. In
1: today's day and age, there's nobody splitting games 75%, 25%. Well, there's only a few goalies who have played more than him. Connor Hellebuck, Carey Price, Freddie Anderson, Mackenzie Blackwood. Well, who? what's the other option? And Sergei Bobrovsky are the only players who have played more games than him. So it's kind of and he and weirdly enough he has the best numbers almost Hellebuck has been better and Freddie Anderson well no not Freddie yeah Freddie Anderson and Hellebuck have been better but that's those are the only two guys who have played but not Price 33 plus games who have been better than David Riddick so in and terms th- of save percentage and goals against
0: and the other reason why I say it's skewed is there was a moment before he started to let some stinkers go and started to falter a bit and started to struggle a bit Where he looked noticeably
1: fatigued. Yeah. Well, I would say the first game I really picked up on it, and probably most people, was the Montreal Canadiens game. I can't remember the game. I just remember being like, the guy looks tired. Yeah, because in that game... Why are we
0: still playing him every single goddamn night? Yeah, exactly. Especially when we had played more games than the rest of the league. Yeah. So it's not only as he played more games, he played him in a shorter period of time.
1: Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's
0: why I say right now, if you're comparing Talbot's numbers to Ricks, to me, they're a bit skewed. Um... But that's taking nothing away from what Talbot's done recently.
1: Yeah, and I think, well, there's kind of a weird, there's a false argument going on right now. I think it's mostly perpetuated by dumbass Eric Francis, who's like, is Talbot going to steal the job? It's like, that's not the question for me, is it? It's not even a question. It's like, no, Riddick needs some rest and Talbot's playing well, ride Talbot for a bit. Yeah. It's not Talbot stealing the job. Like, that's not the narrative, is it, for anyone who has a brain? Well, for it's guy, not like it's not like Riddick guys is like backup him. now for guys like him it's, the it's like it's a really stupid that's the dumb narrative it's like Talbot's playing well Riddick needs some rest that's all there is to it there's literally no goalie controversy right like this is why they brought Talbot in is to is to split 50 50 probably one a1b
0: look the only controversy which we don't have that that is actual controversy. Is when both goaltenders start to stink at the same time. Exactly. This is like a. This is like the, This is exactly what you want. Yeah. When one goalie starts to taper off a bit, for whatever reason. In this case, it's because Riddick needs a fucking break. Then the other goalie plays lights out. And this is why
1: you brought Cam Talbot in. You didn't bring Cam Talbot in to be the number one on this team. You brought Cam Talbot in to be a solid, reliable tandem guy with David Riddick. That's what's happening. That's it. Yeah. So I think the question of who starts tomorrow is not as like dramatic as people well, Francis and people like that are making it out to be. It's like who starts tomorrow doesn't indicate who the starter is gonna be for the rest of time or who the number one goalie is. That's a no. that's no.
0: But so at the start of the year, and this was a hot take, and these hot takes are meant to just be kinda like fun things you throw out there, like, oh it could happen. Yeah. But you you know, you did a hot take that Talbot would steal the, the number one position away from Riddick. I don't see that happening right no, now. No, me either. Like, this isn't a case where this is Talbot, Talbot no, no stealing chance. the number
1: Yeah, that's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? It's like, he's playing well. He's the tandem guy. Put him in. So.
0: What did you think of Talbot's game last night? Because I know he posted some seriously good numbers. Yeah, you. However, he. This, to me, reminds me of the other night when Riddick played in Minnesota. Right. And we won the shootout. But you weren't. You weren't impressed with Rick. He lets him. Well, I, in.
1: I he let Weekles in, and I thought he was all over the place in the shootout. Even though he did end up making the saves he needed to make, he just looked. He was floundering. He didn't look solid.
0: Here's kind of what I saw. I would say in the pa- in the last five games that in the pat sorry in the last five of Talbot's starts. Last night he almost looked to me the most shaky at times, out of those five games. Um, and the only reason why I say this because there was a lot of shots going through him, right. and thank God they he he was getting good bounces, lucky bounces. What, one one went off the post, one went through the crease. Um, now, however, he was he was still solid too. He looked pretty solid, but at times he did kind of look a little shaky.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really pick up on that. Like I noticed the one that hit the post, but I thought for the most part, I don't know. I thought he and just maybe, looked so solid. And maybe part of that is like I'm just
0: looking at the game as a whole and there was so much attention on Talbot cuz he had to he was forced to make what 43 saves. Yeah, see that, that's that maybe it just it kind of blew out of proportion for me. Right? Like when the Wild are... Maybe now. maybe it was more reflective on how the team was playing than him.
1: I, I obviously the,
0: he was solid. He posted a 977 yeah. save percentage, but
1: like just what I saw was like the the Wild had an insanely high expected goal rate and he let in one goal. So like I don't know. I thought he was great last night. Um I didn't really pick on him, him being shaky too often, but they did hit the post, and I'm remembering that chance now that all, that squeaked through him. So. But two, I mean, when you face... There's he two faced, times
0: that it went through his five hole. Yeah.
1: When you face 15 high-danger scoring chances, like, yep. I don't know, if you if you let one goal in and then two kind of get by you, I think that's kind of acceptable, and like the defense should shore up a little bit. So, Okay. I don't know. So, I, I think he should start tomorrow, though. I agree. I
0: think... Because here's, here's where I'm at. If My only concern is that if he gets lit up.
1: This is true. Because you were
0: talking about this today. And it could backfire. It could. But that's the reason why I think you have to do it. Because if it doesn't, and it goes the other way, then it's like the reverse of a backfire. It's, it's a like, risk-reward. To and it's like night. extreme reward. If Talbot can come in and shut the door against yeah. his former opponent... And now you're rolling a hot goalie into the break. We'll see what happens on the there, side of that break. But now you have Talbot playing like lights out.
1: I feel like the safe choice, the easier choice, would be to go to Riddick tomorrow because it's like we're going back to our guy. If Riddick falters, you can just put Talbot right back in. But I do think there, I do think there is a huge reward to having Cam Talbot play tomorrow. Yeah. And if he does get lit up, what's the, what's what's the what's the like what's the outcome of that?
0: Well, it's not like it really matters in terms of just regular season games. And then we'll have
1: to hear about fucking Oilers. That's that's the goddamn week. That's the only thing. Talbot sucks. That's the only thing. So, for that reason alone, yeah,
0: maybe. That's the only reason. So, no, I agree. I I feel like I don't. After the game, I was kind of more feeling towards Riddick, but as of today, I'm like,
1: no, it has to be. You have to play Talbot. I think you have to play Talbot just to give him the chance, because like, you, you Cause f- if not now when. Exactly. Like now's the perfect there's literally not a better time to have him play his former team. Yeah. And just get it another thing, like, let's just get it over with too for me. It's like it's gonna be a narrative. if he if he doesn't play tomorrow, it'll be a narrative the next time they play and the next time it's like just get it over with. But the him thing
0: today. is, if not now when? You have to play tomorrow. Exactly. Like if you're Jeff Ward, you literally have to play Talbot tomorrow. Especially and, and- if they play Smith. And there could be an argument of like, hey, well, what about David Riddick? Like, is it better for David Riddick if he plays tomorrow? Yeah. Is it? Does he don't want to have too much time off? I still think he needs more time off. No, I do too. And you and Talbot's so hot; he's got a chance to beat his former team. Well, yeah, maybe like maybe the conversation goes to Talbot and says, "How bad do you want to beat your former team?" Right. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. gonna say, "Yeah, I want to beat him."
1: But I just think even if it even if it wasn't the Oilers, you play Talbot tomorrow. The fact that it is the Oilers. Is like, yeah, you have to play Talbot. Yeah. So
0: we did a poll on Twitter and Instagram. The poll on Twitter was 85% of the people is over 200 votes. 85% of the people say Talbot. 15% say Riddick.
1: Insta- 80, 80 20 on Instagram. Instagram is 80 still people.
0: So. so I think uh, it's kind of not even a question, really.
1: Yeah. And honestly, it's like, not much
0: of a thought process.
1: I don't even think it's about. At the core, it's not even about the Oilers and Talbot. It's about the fact that he's playing good and Riddick needs rest. It's true. And that's that. If you
0: take the Oilers out of the equation, for sure Talbot gets the next start. Exactly.
1: I don't even know if it would be a talking point if it wasn't the Oilers. That's right. Because like, if it's, if it's Montreal tomorrow, you're like, yeah, Talbot's playing. 100%. So. Yeah. That's a good I, point. I say he plays.
0: So then the second part to that question is, what do you think Jeff Ward will do? I, no, think he's gonna, not, I
1: think he's going to go Talbot.
0: I think he's going to go Talbot.
1: Yeah, just if was, because If it was Bill Peters,
0: guaranteed it would be Riddick. Well, if it was Bill Peters, Talbot wouldn't have got the last two exactly. starts. So <laughs> exactly. The fact that Talbot did get the last two starts, yeah. I would think he's going to get the next one too.
1: So I'd be very surprised if it was David Riddick. Again, and I don't even know if I... I'm not going to be upset. I just think he still needs some more. It's just it's a waste. It'd be a waste. If you got Talbot playing so well, why waste the opportunity? So. Okay.
0: All right. Coming back to last night's game. Let's hear it. Explain expected... Or sorry, um, explain high danger chances because oh, someone yeah, on somebody Twitter, asked me. somebody on Twitter was asking, well, what does high danger even mean? How do you explain it? Because from from the game he saw, we had more than three Grade A scoring chances, but I know there's a there's a weight that goes into to measuring these things, so enlighten us.
1: Yeah, so if you want to find the full definition, you can just like Google it. Just Google high danger chances hockey it's a it was originally defined by this site called war on ice but we i used to use natural stat trick if you want to look at the raw data so high danger chances are based off of scoring chances so scoring chances are defined as shot attempts t- that are given values d- t- depending on where the puck was shot on the ice like location yeah location so uh, so for instance uh, a shot right in front of the in a, in in a the slot, slot is considered a higher danger than a shot from the point yeah, so they're given values based on of that. So again, like a, we use natural stat trick. They assign shot values based on location um, and situation. So for example, your, your scoring chance gains a value like a plus one if it was a rebound or right. a plus one if it was a rush chance or it loses value if it was a, a shot that was blocked. Right. So high danger chances are shoot, shot attempts that have you, a... F-
0: if you're shooting through a D-man yeah. versus you got a <clears throat> wide length, wide open length in the net. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like Zuccarello's
0: goal last night. Like, the, Yeah. The thing is, he was able to creep in all the way to basically the bottom right of the the, circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right if he right would have shot. shot
1: that puck from the top of the circles, yeah. maybe it's not a high different danger. Different value. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, so essentially, high danger chances are shot attempts with a final value of three or more. So if you want to look at how the values are assigned, you can, again, there's like a shot map on naturalstatric.com. It just gives different, like pretty much on the perimeter... It's like a yellow area, it's a a value of one. If it's closer in the slot, it's a value of two. If it's like right in the slot, it's a value of three. So anything with a three plus. So let's say you get a slot shot right in the hot inner slot, that's a rebound. That's like the highest danger chance you can have. Right. Okay. Okay. That's all that. And there's means.
0: also just scoring
1: chances. Yeah, and there's also just scoring chances.
0: So there's scoring cha- there's shots, shot attempts, yeah, scoring chances and high danger scoring chances and then obviously the Corsi which is all the puck possession metrics. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's where the Wild kicked our ass last night. Totally. It was fifteen to three 15 was to the three. high danger.
1: And I haven't seen I haven't seen it skewed that high this year, I don't think, for Be, the high danger.
0: Like, cause you gotta think even even Johnny's goal, which by the way,
1: how Oh yeah, baby. How skilled was that? That was unreal. And
0: this is the thing that me as a Flames fan and a Johnny Gaudreau fan appreciate.
1: And that's what I want to see.
0: Because what was it, two nights ago, Connor McDavid undresses? Morgan Riley, Yeah. And it's like the most talked about thing in sports. There's
1: it's, like, g- it's a little much. Like, it was an like, unreal goal. But, like, how many times have you seen, like... Yeah. They don't shut up about it.
0: And then you have a play like that on last night. And nobody notices. Where Johnny... Did you, did you also see that it wasn't a pass that was in his skates? The pass was deflected off of a back checker's oh, yeah.
1: stick. Do you know how hard that is to and do?
0: the reaction time, it what, was the stick like two feet away from his skate? So his reaction time to kick the puck after it was tipped on his way over to the other side of the ice to himself with an intentional... Oof. He intentionally wanted to freeze the goalie. I'm watching it right now. Remember, like, remember when you first started? Like, what was Staal doing? you know, he, you're like, like what, he wasn't is he an idiot.
1: He, he wasn't even in the net. But then they showed the behind the net cam. Yeah, and you're like, holy shit, what a play!
0: So this is where I find it amusing. Where McDavid's goal will get like a million views, and this will probably get like a few
1: hundred. Yeah, and be like, oh, he kind of got lucky. But yeah, if you watch it, it's like it goes right off. I think that's maybe Foligno's stick. So it changes direction, even like. As he's kicking it to his stick, and then he just buries it. That was and it, sweet. Honestly, it's a similar play to what McDavid did. Yeah. Like, Johnny intentionally
0: kicks it to a stick with a quick release, and that's the move. Whereas McDavid brought it in, looked away, and then he made the move. It's like Johnny made a move before he made the move. It's mesmerizing. It's a great goal. Great play, man. Wow. And then, to cap it off, I mean, the jump into Monty's arms...
1: That was those hugs those those are what I live for when I see them hug I like it reminds me that I'm not in fact dead inside and don't have a black blackened heart
0: the PP sucked other than the Ryan goal that goal is outstanding as well great.
1: well again and I again like as much <laughs> as I'm critical of Noah Han he's had some, he's had a handful of good games I didn't think he was great five on five last night. But why don't they try him on the point of the power play on power play one? That was a great play by him. I don't see Geo doing anything. If that was Gio, he'd fucking fire that shit wide or into somebody's pads or like do something stupid. Although
0: the second power play following that looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, and, that's true. But and then, and then, I still th- I still would like to see Hannafin get a shot on power play one, but they'll never take Giordano yeah. down from there. But it,
0: even if you slow down that Ryan goal, like, that's one hell of a tip. Oh, that's great. Because you know that's exactly where he was trying to put it. Yep. And in order to have that much control on your stick and actually tip a puck exactly where you want to go, like, that's so
1: It's so, it's so funny. It's like with, it seems to happen to me with Derek Ryan more often than anybody. Like I said this last time with the shootout, it's like, what the fuck is Derek Ryan doing in the shootout? Well, I was listening to the, to the last podcast we
0: did, and you were like,
1: "What the fuck is yeah. Derek
0: Ryan doing yeah. on second power?" That's what approach?
1: I was just gonna say. I'm always like, every time I see Melter, I was like, "What a god! Goddamn- oh, 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 sweet!" Yeah. Oh, that was good play by Derek Ryan. I don't know why it always happens with him, but it does.
0: And I thought Hanamik Hammerlin.
1: Oh Hammerlickin' and oh, Niffin. It's hard. I thought all the D pairs. Hammer. And Hannafin, I go. thought they
0: were good through the first two periods.
1: Definitely in the first period they're okay. I don't know. I most pretty much everybody on D I thought struggled last night. The last point I want to make about last night's game is
0: this Jankowski thing has got to stop. It's 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 gotta be over, man. Like he was invisible. Like I hope I'm right. The last podcast I said that maybe they're still playing because they're shopping around, and I said that you gotta think there's gotta be a timeline to this. And maybe it's that they're going to give him to the break, and if he still stinks after coming after the break, like, end it. Well, dude, like... Because you're getting to a point where now you're putting your team in a detriment by having them playing. Exactly. And sure, you can kill penalties, but guess what? A lot of guys can kill penalties. That's
1: like the on your resume of things. That's like the fucking liberal arts on your resume. It's like everybody can do that. So, like, I... And, like... The thing that's, for me right now, it's like there's guys who are more deserving, guys who deserve to be in the lineup more right now. Like, Like you tell me Glenn Godden wouldn't deserve a call-up or bring Zarnik back up and would not be a 100 times more effective than him? Like, he's just literally invisible. That's a good segue.
0: Invisible. We want to do a Stockton recap. Let's do it now. Glenn Godden. All right. I'm going to pop quiz you. Oh, shit. Who's leading the Stockton Heat in points? Well, it's Godden. You are correct. Yeah,
1: he's like third in the
0: league. You were correct. He's third in the league. I didn't even look at league stuff. Yeah, he's That's like third good. in the league right now. And Stockton, the Stockton Heat, by the way, are doing very, very good in the league. They're fourth in the
1: league, second in their division.
0: Um, they're doing very well.
1: Yeah, he, they've been good this year. Um, Gordon, okay, he's falling down a little bit. He's seventh in the league right now, but he's still Seven. got 35 points in 33 games, over a point a game.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, second
0: pop quiz for you without looking oh, at
1: that. shit. Who leads the team in goals? In goals? Well, it's not Matt Phillips because he's hurt. Oh, goals. It's not Rizicka. It's not It's not though, know, right? Nope. God damn it. This is going to be tough for me. It's
0: Buddy Robinson. Buddy! Buddy Robinson Buddy. that's the
1: team in goals. He's got 15. Matt Phillips has 14. Well, there you go. Like even a guy like Buddy Robinson, like he's a he's like well, he's an older guy. Like you telling me, you're telling me he wouldn't be like absolutely stoked to get the NHL salary. You tell me he would come up bring you, and play, bring more like, than Jankowski does. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's a good AHLer.
0: Pop quiz number three: Who leads mm. who leads the the Stockton Heat in points per game? Mm.
1: Austin Zarnick. No close but what do you mean close you're, you're thinking in the right i'm realm. thinking in the right well it's not dylan dubay anymore who uh, who's played
0: flames games and because of that they don't lead the team in points but if they played the whole year in stockton they would probably lead the team in points is it a defenseman alan quine oh
1: quine jesus how do i forget about all these guys you telling me alan quine I'm sorry worked. yeah where in the fuck has quine been he scored more goals than jankowski in the nhl this year Rine has more goals than Jankowski this year. Rine has just as many points as Mark Jankowski. Like, at some point. He probably has more points. He's probably gonna assist. He's probably gonna assist in there, right? Stalok. There's definitely goalies in the league who have more points than Jankowski. Last night,
0: Staylock matched Jankowski's season point total.
1: Like, it's absurd that he keep, like again, and I, I have been a, not a defender, but I have always I've I've been appreciative of Jankowski in his role. He's a decent possession player. Move he on, though! He's good in his own end, but this point is just ridiculous. It's time to move it's on. It's ridiculous. Like, how can they keep playing this guy?
0: And again, it comes back as like he's taking a spot on the roster. Yeah, exactly.
1: From somebody who's more deserving.
0: So it's like a, it's like a double negative. And it's one of those things... This isn't science. You don't get a positive from a double negative. You get double negative. <laughs>
1: That's good.
0: Austin Zarnik, by the way, has six goals and five assists, eleven points in his ten games. Like how much
1: better it. would the fourth line be of God and Zarnik, and whoever else you want? Reader.
0: How do you have Jan Kelski over
1: Zarnak? I get it, he plays center, but you telling me you, you don't have more options there? Well, again, like I I'm, I'm trying to think about this rationally. They probably want to get an asset back for him or something, but okay. at this point don't you just cut your losses? I would have cut my losses like... Like a guy who has zero goals and one assist. Probably a month and a half ago. And like not even that, he's got like maybe 20 shot attempt, like shots this season. How many hits do you think he has? Like he's like zero. I bet he had How many do you think he has? We should, pull, we'll look it up later. Let's pull it up right now. Okay, let's look, let's pull it up. Okay, you pulled it up. I pulled it up.
0: Yeah, if, you're less, if you're listening, just take one second. Mark Tuenkowski played 37 NHL games this year with the Calgary Flames. If you're listening, just guess real quick how many hits he has in 37 games. And then when
1: you're done with that, guess how many shots on goal he has.
0: Guess how many hits he has. Guess how many shots he has. Okay. (laughs) Mark Jankowski has 11 hits in 37 NHL games. That means he gets one hit every three games and a period
1: he has 20 shots on goal.
0: So he basically gets a, just a tad more than one shot every two games. The hits thing just drives me crazy because the guy is 6'4" 212 playing on the fourth line. Playing on the fourth line. Now, if you're 6'4" 212 and you're that soft, you better be a sniper, you better be setting up, you you better be able to impose your size and your will in order to drive traffic.
1: Produce goals in some fashion. Like, how is he so bad at this? Like, can somebody explain to me how he's still on this team right now? How do you have 20 shots in 37 games? This Mark Jankowski thing needs to end, dude. Okay. Like, it needs to end. Yeah, and I'm sick of talking about it, to be honest. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Let's just... All right. Let's just move on from RJ coming back figuratively and literally. So there you go. There's a there's a whole bunch of options in
0: Stockton. Now let's touch on Matthew Phillips because he is injured.
1: Yeah. So he and Godwin were both named to the All Star game in, in the HL too. But he's hurt, and it was a pretty disgusting injury. It's a fractured kneecap. Can you imagine? So he's Boo. out ten to twelve weeks. Actually, it's not even that long. Boo. I guess
0: those little little fractures that don't take too long That'll to heal. Heal. But yeah, you got to think you can't even put pressure on your leg.
1: Imagine, dude. That would just kill you.
0: So, the Stockton, um, the last game for them is April, in April. So, he'll be back. He'll be back for a full month of... of yeah, playing. he'll be back, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't he be? Now, it'll be interesting to see if we call up any of these guys from now until the end of the season. We've got a whole another half a season. Well,
1: you got to think Godden's going to earn a call-up, right? you got to think. And you got to think at some point we see Zarnik. And I mean... It's so, so funny. It's like, you're telling me the the fourth line would be better as Quine, Godden, and Zarnik? It'd be way better. (laughs) It's so stupid. So you got to think we're going to see some of those guys at some point. Um, Like, I mean, maybe, maybe if there's some problems on D, you see a guy like Rob Hamilton, or you probably see Brandon Davidson at some point. But I don't know. It's just like that fourth line could be better with with guys who are on the Stockton Heat right now.
0: Let's touch on the goaltending. I mean, at the start of the year, it looked like Zagadulin was going to walk away with the number one position. but
1: He's been rough. He's he's had his struggles. Although he does have 11 wins and 3 losses, his numbers aren't that great, man. And John Gillies is outplaying him numbers-wise.
0: Yeah, so it's been a pretty even split. Zagadulin has 18 starts. John Gillies had 17. Or that's games played. I'm not sure on the starts, but it's going to be pretty damn close. So it's a pretty 50-50 split. Um, they've played essentially the same amount of minutes. Gillies has played six more minutes as yep. a whole. And yeah, Gillies has better numbers. So through 18 games played, Zegedulian is posting a 3.27 goals against average. Yikes. And a .893 save percentage.
1: Yikes. He's got two assists though. so He's got more points in the A than Mark Jankowski has. <laughs> and then Gillies has a Two point four five goals
0: against and a nine one three save percentage. Not bad.
1: Good yeah. for John Gillies. I again like I kind of wrote we wrote John Gillies off at the beginning of the year. Yeah, we were I would love for him to turn it around.
0: We were projecting a Zega and Parsons
1: split. Now Parsons is hurt though. Um and has been playing some time in the ECHL. Yeah,
0: he's actually played eleven games in the ECHL. So he's got seven wins down there, two point six nine goals against, nine point two two save percentage, one shutout. So
1: keep it up, John. Keep it up, John. Love to see it.
0: It'll be interesting. You know what? I think this Dustin Wolf's gonna shake everything up, though.
1: Yeah, like he'll be the number one guy there. Totally. Well, you know what? This I don't mind having goalies like this. Yep. No. You don't really haven't really spent that many draft picks on these guys, other than Gillies, I guess. Um, but getting them in later rounds, signing them as free agents, it's good. That's how you do it. That's how you work with goalies. All right. That's totally good. Let's touch on the Rasmus Anderson signing, because that happened literally like an hour after you. We launched our last blog. Yeah, I almost so. died driving home posting about it because I was doing it on my phone while I was driving.
0: It's funny because I pulled over <laughs> and I tweeted. I'm not pulling over. And then I saw you posted and I'm like, oh, I see you pulled over too. And you, you, would you wink or something like that? I did the laughing emoji. So I'm like, oh God, you didn't even pull over. This guy's driving. Were you on the highway?
1: I was on Stony Trail. You were at Stony Trail. You probably shouldn't even say that. You could probably get arrested. Shit, could I? Could you? I could get a ticket probably. Hopefully there's no cops listening. I definitely pulled over on Sony Trail and did my Instagram posting. He definitely did it, guys. But it, especially you cop. It's pretty it's pretty Okay. I've been very critical of Bradshaw Living. This is one of the things he has done absolutely very well. This has been his biggest strength. Yeah. And I think another one of his biggest strengths is and to clarify what we mean is Yes, RFA signings. RFA signings. Because this of came out of the blue. I was like, oh shit, wow they've got ahead of a lot of these contracts which to me tells me that they're doing some projecting and that they're doing a good job at projecting yeah now
0: I'll say this again because this is what two two
1: great things that Brad's done in a span of what a week yeah Get, uh, dump for leak's contract and sign Rasmus Anderson to a long term deal on a great deal yeah and how happy did Johnny look last night he was smiling all the time. Gee, what's changed? Mm-hmm. Brad's doing stuff. I think there's a correlation, man. Call me crazy, but I think there's a correlation. We should track Johnny Gaudreau's smiles in the media with Brad Living's GM activity. His jumping into other teammates' arms. That would be pretty sweet. His smiles in the media. His on ice so, performance. I'm pretty like I'm. I don't. I haven't heard from any Flames fan or anybody who watches the Flames who has a problem with this deal in no, any way. The
0: only. Negative things I've seen about this are, are players or fans from other teams that, that
1: dick. They
0: think he's overrated.
1: Yeah, and they don't even know. They're like, oh, look at... They're so stupid. They look at his plus minus and his goals and they're like... Yeah. <laughs> and like to, great that, analysis.
0: to that, I say, excellent. Yeah,
1: keep thinking that.
0: And someone made an hilarious tweet is like, all right, no, that's good if... If you think that way, then make sure you compensate Darnell Nurse accordingly. Make sure he makes
1: double what Rasmus Anderson makes. Yeah, exactly. Give Darnell Nurse eight million, nine million plus. Go for it. Oh, he's worth it. He's totally worth it. He's if, way better than Rasmus. Uh, Darne, who's Nurse. Rasmus Anderson? Who? What? He's only got two goals. What a loser!
0: By the way, how funny was that last night? Oh my god! Is that the highlight of the year? The exchange
1: between him and Matt Zuccarello. Yeah. Boom! Boom! Well, it's funny because you—it's funny because Labardius always talks about. He's like Rasmus Anderson is a grade A trash talker, and I'm always like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Lombardius? Yeah, it's true. You never really have to see it. Yeah, I'm like, I never see him talking to anybody. Last night he was like living. I don't know what language they are speaking because Zouk is from Norway. That's true, eh? So maybe they both Rasmus Swedish, right? Rasmus Swedish. So some sort of Scandinavian. Tongue, but it was fucking great. I don't know what they said, but that was so good. He's just like, boom! Zook looked pissed. <laughs> he looked awesome. like he like pissed him <laughs> off. That's awesome. <laughs> My only problem was that was
0: like, how often you get to hear players beaking? Right? Like, never? And Brick Ball's just like talking over it. Right? He's like, Brick, just be quiet for a yeah, second. Like, what about let's... Kelly though? Kelly? He was losing it.
1: <laughs> when Rasmus enters and did the boom, he's Give like, boom! <laughs> Oh, so good. Sorry for clapping. But yeah, like the amount of money I would pay for an NHL broadcasting service where there's no commentary and players are mic'd up yeah. is astronomical. I would pay thousands of dollars a year for that. Are you that. telling
0: me that that's not like, if you want to talk entertainment value right? and, and like convert that into dollars? That would
1: be so unreal. That's so, had, so much untapped potential. Imagine
0: just you had everybody mic'd up. Yeah. And no
1: commentary. You have rated R versions. Yeah. Where had to be like 18 or older. we have had a few good ones lately. Did you hear Brody yelling at the ref the other night? Yeah, get the fuck, get out, the of the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way. Put it in my fucking feet.
0: And then, this, did you notice? It was like s- that same shift. He came down and it was in the exact same situation. The ref was, at, the linesman was in the exact same spot. Brody was in the exact same spot. And Brody was the exact same play at the exact same place. And, that, and the second time, the ref jumped.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, there you go. It's like weekend. Brody was just
0: like, I'm gonna fucking prove it to you. If you fucking <laughs> don't, if you don't move out of the way on this one,
1: yeah, that was good. So it was like Brody won the battle. that battle. The contract and the boom thing last night. I think Rashad Anderson is my next jersey. That's for goddamn sure. I got such a beauty. So let's just. I'll quickly. We'll quickly break it down. Um, so it's a four, The annual average annual value is four point five five million dollars per year. I've seen a, a couple different people. um throw out that there was no clauses but there is actually a modified no trade clause at the in the last two seasons jesus christ i'm gonna be i'm gonna be so old on this i i hate looking at this stuff it freaks me out the last two seasons of this deal 24 25 25 26 he has a modified no trade clause which um he submitted a 16 no trade list okay so he'll submit that on in 2024 okay so that's the only other thing his base salary is a little higher in the first year Five point zero five million, um, and then the second year is four point oh five, and then it goes four point five five for the rest of that. I'm not sure why that is. Might just because of like some sort of like payroll projecting by the Flames. I'm not one hundred percent sure. Okay, but that's a dude. How even if he like I keep thinking he's this easily like easily a top four player for right? the next six years. Even if he's not like, is there any risk in signing a twenty three year old defenseman to a Deal that pays him four point five five million a year, like Chris Russell makes that much who, almost. Who all he has is upside.
0: Yeah. Like, who
1: is like already an exceptional player. Even if he tapers, even if he, even if this is the best he's gonna be. Yeah. I'm fine with this deal. Yeah. So good job by Brad She living. Like, that's no risk at all. Yeah. Right? And like, he's a mu- like people don't seem to realize how good he is defensively. Yeah. Like even this year, he's one of the best in terms of expected goals against. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. So I, the only thing we want to see from him, I think, maybe those offensive numbers, offensive impacts go up. But yep. defensively, which is usually the exact opposite of the young defenseman, it's like, oh shit, if he clean, like if, look at Noah Hannafin, it's like, yeah, he's a great offensive impact, but his defensive impacts is pretty meh, even though Hannafin has been improving this year. Especially it's, in the last five games. It's oh yeah, he has been great. Yeah, been great. Yep. But if Rasmus, his defensive game is already super solid, I don't see any reason why, you know, he's getting more playing time, more power play time, his offensive numbers will just go up. All right, before we hit the mailbag, the Oilers
0: tomorrow night. So you're a little nervous. I the reason why I'm nervous is the Oilers are rolling. And Connor McDavid is hot right now. When is Connor McDavid not hot though? And we we embarrassed them at home the last time we played him. Or the Oilers
1: and did we you even s- embarrass the Oilers. They're like George Costanza. That's true. What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, you'd be ridiculed in a large in front of a large group of people and have to go home with your tail between your legs. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot who I'm talking to. I don't know, man.
0: I don't know. Yeah, just well, like because you know what? and here's the other reason is like
1: the wins that we've been getting have been masking our overall. Yeah, one hundred percent. In my In my. If you opinion. if you give up that many chances to the Oilers tomorrow night, you're losing probably five, six, seven, one. If you give up five. Hiding your scoring chances yeah. to Connor McDavid five. and Leon Draisaitl. 5 in the net. Five. Just if five. Up, if you give up fifteen, you're probably losing. They're probably fifteen goals. That's why I'm a little worried. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? I'm always, always inherently worried when we play the Oilers. Me too. I was worried last game, so I, I feel you. Yeah, that's the only reason why I was
0: kind of hesitating <laughs> just a tad on the Talbot thing. But yeah. at the end of the day, you have like. You have I'm, to. If I'm if I'm Jeff Ward, I have to play. Tub. No, I agree. And even I, if, even if I it's risky work. I do, think yeah. I think you have to go with him. Yeah, me too. Hundred percent. Me too. Um, anything else you want to touch on in that preview? They're rolling. I yeah, and I'm. I, I honestly think we'll see Mike Smith versus. Mike I do Kevin too. Because right now it's a similar
1: situation, to Edmonton. Mike Smith is playing better goaltending. He's uh, yeah, but he's still been used. Uh, well, hey, Jesus it's still Christ. Mike Smith. I think Eric Francis. Fuck! I don't even know why. He said on the radio today that Mike Smith is, like, the best puck-handling goaltender ever. And the Calgary fans are terrible people because we hated him last year. It's like, Mike Smith sucked ass every minute he was here. Outside of the playoffs. Outside of that one game in the playoffs. So, I, I, I'm I, going to jeer him if, I, if I'm i at the game. I wouldn't say
0: boo him. I wouldn't boo him. But, I do not say, don't boo a former but, player who, unless he wanted to leave and asked for
1: a trade. But if he lets in some bad goals, I'll be pretty happy.
0: Jeer him hard. I'll be pretty happy. And maybe even get a Smitty (laughs) chant going. That would be pretty good. So my worst nightmare is
1: Mike Smith beats us tomorrow night. See, that's the risk reward of this, right? That's
0: my worst nightmare. Can you
1: imagine that dipshit? Could you imagine... Him doing his little post-game celebration. Oh,
0: Could you imagine... McDavid and Drysidle, Plus all the Wheels fans
1: that are there. They're so unbearable as it is. Have a the great game. Imagine Talbot even lets in
0: one week goal and that's almost kinda like a nail or a nail in the coffin and Mike Smith beats us.
1: Oh god. Anyways, so yeah, I'm a little nervous for tomorrow, so I agree. (laughs) But hey, being nervous is good. Yeah, it's good. In sports and performance related things, having some nerves makes you sharp. I
0: think it's maybe a good thing that we're nervous.
1: Yeah, and you know, Mike Smith's gonna be trying way too hard tomorrow because he does usually. Oh yeah, so he's gonna have that swagger. But the thing about false confidence. Exactly,
0: it's the swagger that he still sucks with. And like the last time we played him, we didn't even pepper him. All you gotta do is pepper this guy. Oh, I know. Get as many shots from the point as possible. Fire
1: it at him, and they're like, didn't even shoot.
0: Last night we had a lot of shots. Attempted tips from the point. we yeah. got exactly. to do that Exactly. He's terrible at the tip. We just have to fire pucks from the point, get traffic
1: in front, and you'll probably score three goals just like that alone. Do it. All right. All right. Mailbag. We're going to take some Instagram questions. If you don't follow us on Twitter and Instagram, what are you doing? If you don't follow us on Twitter or Instagram, like what? Because we're always on there. What are you doing? Doing cool ass shit. What are you doing? So do it. Okay, so we didn't, read, we didn't read these previously, so we're just going to do it like... By the way, you can follow it In The Dome pod. In The Dome pod. At In The Dome pod. Flames News, you can use. So we didn't look at these, so we're just doing it by the seat of our... Seat. Why is that? What is that? Flying by the seat of our pants? Yeah, that's a thing. I don't get it. You're just winging it. It's weird. So we're just winging it. Okay, so the first question is from Michael Bruce 17 Brucey boy. Brucey boy, you yeah, fucker. Parker. He asks, how is Monaghan slower than Lucic? I, I thought he was, to be honest, like, I think Sean Monaghan has looked the best in terms of skating that he's ever looked this season. I would have to agree. I would say even the last
0: five games, he's pushing guys around again, like we saw in the first five games
1: of the year. The first five games... He's actually...
0: How fast was he on that breakaway goal in Colorado? 100%. I've
1: like never that, seen him speak. Those were jets. Like, for me, Sean Monaghan has been one of the most... There was a stretch there where he was invisible. Where everybody was struggling. Yeah. But I mean, there was a stretch there at the beginning of the year and I think we're seeing it a little more now, or during that seven game win streak, where like I have been nothing but impressed with him because it's like the first season he's been able to train fully. He's yep. look, he's looked like a different beast this year yep. to me.
0: So part of that might be that the style that Sean Monahan plays is he's he lurks in the weeds. Exactly. So he he doesn't have his feet moving a lot because he's trying to fade away. And get invisible. Yeah. And find that
1: empty space. And I see where you're coming from. Like, he's not line. the most natural, like, best skater in the world. No. But... I don't think his skating is a detriment to I him I don't think all. so either. I think he's a fine skater. But I can see why if you just kind of watch the game, it's like, what is he doing there? And maybe the other part of that is, like, Lucci seems to be faster than he was at the start of the year. And... If Lucic keeps up playing like this, I'll have to forgive Brad Shulim for for trading for him. But I
0: need to see more production. No, me too. Like, you need to see the actual offense. Yeah, you need to see it translate into actual
1: goals produced, whether he's getting helpers or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay, Noah. Good old Noah. Noah Noah Adler, 99. Thanks for listening, Noah. Noah. He says, at the deadline, do you want a rental player or somebody with term? I'm not... Neither of us are big on rentals. I don't mind getting a cheap-ass rental. If it's cheap... Because, yeah, again, I think this is kind of a false dichotomy narrative. It's like you either have to have one or the other. I think, again, this is one of the other things I've been happy with what Brad Schubert has done. He hasn't shelled out a lot of assets for rental players at the deadline. If you can get a guy cheap, like, you can get Tyler Toffoli for, like, apparently a second-round pick, which I still don't know if I'm sold on that. Did you see...
0: No, there there was a post today. Oh. That... If, I don't know I don't know how official this is, but the the ask from Edmonton for Tyler Toffoli? You mean LA? Well,
1: it was oh, with, the Oilers it, were it was with one Edmonton asking. was Nugent Hopkins. Oh. oh, no, no. You know who that was? It was Josh Anderson. Yeah, it was Josh yeah, Anderson. Which, but he's been brought up as a guy the Flames should trade for. Yeah, me, I did see this.
0: Are you telling me Toffoli doesn't Jesus have more Christ. market value than... Oh, my God. New. So it was Josh Anderson for Ryan Nugent Hopkins, yes. another player, and a pitch Yeah, and a first.
1: No, thank you. I think Tyler Safoli could probably get more for. it. Yeah, I think so too. When he's probably a more impactful forward than Josh Anderson. Josh, even though even though his contract expired.
0: But Josh Anderson is having a terrible season. Yeah.
1: So I would say Noah, the question is more it's like it's more about what you're paying, less about either or. Yeah. I think if you're going to either or obviously you want a guy under contract cuz you don't want to even have to suffer a rental, but if you can get a cheap ass rental. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. And like it all goes to like Elliot was talking
0: about this this morning too. It all goes to where you're at in your team. Yeah, exactly. On on your team timeline. Yeah. Because the time you make a big splash and actually spend money and assets on a rental is when you're already a contender and you want to push yourself over the edge. Like,
1: it's kind of funny to me because I'm seeing this switch on Twitter a lot with Flames fans. It's like, and I think us two agree too, right? We've been like, Brad, do something. Yeah. But it's like, do you guys remember the days when Daryl Sutter was in charge and would trade goddamn everything for Owen Nolan Ole Okunin, yeah. Alish Kodalik, and then we have like no draft picks. It's like... Tony Monte. How, Yeah, it's like how quickly we forget. Yeah. So I'm never big on like blowing your load on rentals, so... So, and the other thing is like
0: on our timeline right now, I think we are like... Elliot mentioned this this morning. I think we
1: are still building. Dude, do you think the Flames... If you add Tyler Toffoli for something, do you think all of a sudden this team is a contender? No. No. So I wouldn't be doing it. Like even maybe... Yeah, no. Definitely not. If you're the so Avalanche, that's uh, what maybe you have got a lot of assets, you're loaded, yeah, maybe. That, that's why this season I'm more into like
0: yeah. what can you get now that's going to help your team long term, meaning you got to trade somebody that either has a, a contract left or yeah. you know you can re-sign it.
1: Especially them. coming up on this season where it's like finally we have a bit of money coming off the books. Yeah. It's like we can do some stuff this off season. Don't don't go crazy at the trade deadline if you don't have to. Okay, Jim Basil asks, and this is kind of a question that I don't know the answer to. Why does Talbot roll up the sleeve on his catching hand? Have you noticed this? No. I haven't noticed this either. Can we pull up a picture? Okay, we just pulled up a picture, because I have never really noticed this. It's true. He does. I've never even noticed (laughs) either. Good eye, Jumasul. Good eye, Jumasul. Isn't
0: it obvious? It's for mobility. You'd think so, maybe. If the jersey is getting caught there, and it's the wrist thing, every once in a while, he probably has learned from experience that he doesn't have as much mobility. And much free range.
1: Well, I'm gonna ask. I know there's a guy I follow on Instagram. He's like a goalie gear guy. I'm gonna DM him later and double check. But I would assume that's why, right? It's gotta be. Like, cause the glove, like the glove, is way bigger than the jersey. Like, it's probably for wrist mobility and shit. Like the last thing you want, especially because
0: you're using your glove to cover pucks. The last thing you want is you go to cover a puck and your your gloves caught in your jersey Yeah, or exactly. Or whatever, totally. And like that split second, to have, you have to fumble it. Cost your
1: goal. Like those new jerseys like the Adidas and the Reebok jerseys, they're tighter on the wrist too than the hockey jerseys used to be. So I can see that being a problem. Interesting question. Interesting question. Uh, Andrew, Andrew underscore 2319 on Instagram asked, should we re-sign Talbot in the off-season? I think so. I think so too. Why not? What's so, so far more? so good. So we signed him to a one-year deal. One-year deal worth I think 2.75 mil? Something like that. I mean, if he continues to play great. Why not?
0: Why not? He might even might have pay him more, three point five, but it would be worth it.
1: Yeah, like and would he he if he plays good here, like maybe you could sign him to a cheap two year deal. I don't know. What age is he at now? I think he's thirty thirty two. Yeah, he's thirty two. See that's
0: what you gotta be careful He'll with. He'll turn thirty three next July. You gotta be careful with the age, but I yeah. I would still sign
1: him for another one year deal. Yeah, I'd be into a one year deal, maybe a maybe, deal, maybe two year deal depending how he finishes this season maybe off. Maybe two, yeah. Um but I don't think one of our younger guys will be ready next year. No, no. Maybe Zagadulin, but he's not no. playing well this year. So no, I would say yeah, yeah. resign him if he resign him. Obviously, we got to see the rest of the season. Unless the season, he falls off a goddamn. cliff. the season plays out. But as of right now, I would say yeah, yeah resign him. Um, lots of Talbot questions today. Malhar twenty seven asks, keep starting Talbot. I know we talked about it. Yeah, we've been talking about this. I think yeah, I, where I'm at right now with the whole goaltender situation
0: is I'm not playing Talbot so much because David Riddick's been poor. I'm playing Talbot so much because David Riddick needs a goddamn break. Yeah. I think the reason why he's starting to play poor is because he needs a break. Like He's on pace yeah. to play 75% of the games. So Talbot needs to get a lot more starts in order to even that out. If, especially if David Riddick is going to be the number one guy going to the playoffs. And who cares? If he is better than Riddick, yeah. give him more
1: starts. Right? Like right now, it's all about winning. Well, again, like I think, like I said earlier, most people, especially Air France people like that, are kind of not—they're not overthinking it, but they're overanalyzing it. Like you said, it's about winning. Who gives a shit if who's the quote unquote number one? Who cares? The goalies don't care either. Like, do you think? Yeah, like, they're buddies. Right? If Anything. It's good for them. Talbot's hot play is gonna make David Riddick more competitive. Yeah. And the Flames and Lucic on Instagram asked a similar question. Like, this is
0: what you want in a goaltender tanning is the
1: two guys push pushing each, each other.
0: other. Yeah. And to me, when Talbot comes in and plays like this, that's all he's doing. Outside of David Riddick, he needs first and foremost some rest and work on some of the basics and fundamentals with goalie coach Jordan Ziegler. Mm-hmm. But he's only going to push David Riddick and then vice versa. Let's hope that they can both continue playing great.
1: Yeah. A few more questions just on Talbot. Josh Veneman, Milan, or the Flames and Lucci, just similar. Who do you start? Who do you start? I think you start Talbot tomorrow, and like we just said. Yeah. Until he's. Falters and Riddick needs the rest. Perfect time.
0: Well, it's pretty interesting because
1: last week, I think we
0: were looking at we had five games left until the break. We have three games upcoming this week on a road
1: trip, too, through Eastern Canada. Yeah.
0: So on the last podcast, we were looking at five games left and we were both saying play him at least four out of those five games. Yeah. So you've already played him two out of the five. So you still got to play him two more times. Right. So I would play him against Edmonton, probably. I don't know. We'll see based on Toronto night, but maybe Riddick gets a start in Montreal, so he doesn't get too cold. And then you got Toronto. Maybe I might Toronto, play Riddick in oh, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. I would still play Talbot at least two out of the next, the last four games yeah, before the too. break. I agree. And and try and get
1: him in three. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Caden Kaden fourteen says, "What about the expansion draft of Lucic's contract? You
0: gotta think that there isn't. I don't see why." I don't know. This pisses me off.
1: Yeah. It, p- it was the main my main problem with the, tr- the Lucic thing. you got to think that Lucic and Brad have discussed this. You have to think. You have to think tree living because I remember even when Lucic was traded, he was like, oh, yeah. He had to wave to come here, right? Like, that was part of the formal process. Yeah. You talk to guys like Iginla. you got to think at some point, and even though I don't think this is a good way to do business because, like, things can change. you got to think at some point... Somebody in the Flames management, probably true living, was like, they discussed it. You have to think that happened. But the thing that pisses me off about that
0: is that when someone waits for no trade, and in the, the manner that he came over, in the, whatever it is, the CBA or the rulings, this is absurd. that's an opportunity when you can actually make an amendment to the contract the team, the, so, yeah. and remove that no trade clause. But maybe... He wanted to honor his no-trade clause and say, look, we're not going to move you. But then again, it's like, well, where it's hell, stupid. where the hell
1: is he going to go anyways? This happened with P.K. Subban. So it, when he was trading, his no-trade his no clause was nullified. The Flames could have done the same with Lucic. They didn't. It's absurd. Brad True Living had an opportunity to fix that yeah. amendment, make that amendment. But he didn't.
0: So let's just hope that there was a... Let's just
1: hope there's an unwritten or a verbal agreements. agreement. It's like, holy shit, I don't think that's the best way to do business. Because I bring this up all the time. Jerome McGinley, like, franchise player, he said, yeah, trade me to Boston. Last second, he's like, no, I'm not going to Boston. And it fucked us over. We got way less, better return for when he traded him. So, things can change. So, unless it's a legally binding document, things can always change. So, it does still make me nervous. But you got to think they've discussed it.
0: And the way I look at it is, like, Lucic knows he's not getting picked. Yeah. So, there's really no risk for him to be going to Seattle. Yeah. Seattle's not... So there's no way in hell that Seattle is gonna pick Milan Lucic.
1: Right? Can you imagine? Like, there's just no, there's you, no scenario. You can pick Oliver Shillington or Milan Lucic. Like, there's just zero scenario. So I think Lucic knows that
0: they probably just think. I sit here and say they've had to have discussed. It. Yeah, they must have. And just do... me as a rational human. And to clarify, the expansion draft is not this summer; it's the next one. Yeah,
1: twenty twenty one. The Flames and Lucic asks. Create a new lineup. New defense and new forward lines if you had to. So the ones I keep throwing out is like, I really want to see a a few games with Gaudreau, Monahan, and Kachuk on a line. That's something we haven't seen enough of, and I think it could be really effective. And then that also opens up, because I really think the backland, Majipani, Lindholm on the wing line is another one that's like an absolutely great line. But that Lindholm, Majipani, Kachuk line has been so good. It's, true. And it's tough for me to justify it, saying that those lines would be would be better, but I do think a line of Gaudreau, Monahan, Kachuk could be absolutely deadly. Yeah, I would like to see the Dubé experiment a little
0: longer with Dubé, Johnny, and Moni. Yeah, but, I like that too. And then on defense,
1: I think. But was, there's also
0: another four line I'd like to see too. This harkens back to last year. How, right. Yeah. How yeah, good yeah. the Ryan, Monge, and Hathaway line was. Yeah. Because there's no way Bennett's not an upgrade on Hathaway. So I would still like to see a line of Bennett, Ryan, and Monge. Yeah, that'd be a great third line. be a
1: great third line. And then I still think Lucci slots the best on the fourth line. Yeah, me too. Even though he's been good, like, I still think he would get more out of him and more of other players if he's on the fourth line. Yeah. So I agree with that. And then on D, the one pairing that's, like, I want to see is Hannafin and Anderson. Yeah. If you go... If and the reason why is because yeah. you need to split up Hamanek and Hannafin. And Hannafin and Anderson have played together for, like in a small sample this year and a little bit last year and they've been great. So if you go Brody, Geo, Hannafin, Anderson, Hamannick, when Valimaki's back, Valimaki or Shillington, I think that'd be much more effective. I keep forgetting Valimaki's coming back. Yeah,
0: I know, right? We should do a quick note, note on that too because there's you found a stipulation. Well, yeah, I think I, I
1: think I found it. I haven't been able to confirm it yet. It's good
0: journalistic work. I, I didn't see Eric Francis coming out with this. No,
1: because he doesn't do research. I was just looking into some cap stuff for the expansion draft, and I think if Valimaki plays less than 10 games this season, he would be exempt from the expansion draft because next year would technically be be a second-year player. So first- and second-year players are exempt from the expansion draft. So if he doesn't exceed 10 games this year, I believe, I don't want to say this is a fact because I'm not 100%, but I think if he plays less than 10 games this year, he would be exempt from the expansion draft, which would be... Huge. That'd be massive. Because then you're absolutely saving yourself another defenseman. Yeah. So, and I mean, I think that works out perfectly as far as
0: timeline goes. Yeah, exactly. Because he's still what at least a month and a half out. Yeah. If he does a conditioning stint in mm-hmm. AHL, which doesn't count, it doesn't, doesn't count, count. He can play as NHL many games. games. Yeah, yeah. And then you can bring him up for the last ten games of the season, and just decide if you want to roll with him in the playoffs. I yeah. don't see why you wouldn't. So I hope, that, I hope that's but, true. I hope it's true. Too. But yeah, I like those deep pairings too. So you go Gio, Brody, Rass, Hannafin, and then Shillington and Hamnick.
1: Yeah. Almo 67 similar question. What's this top six D look like next year? And who is your ideal top six forward ad this year? Ooh, good question. So next year, I think probably next year. Well, the thing that's going to be really interesting is to see how the Brody-Hamnick thing plays out. There's no way they're bringing both of them back, I would imagine. No. Do you think so? I just no. can't see it happening. Here's what I would do.
0: Gio Rass is your number one pairing. Valmackey Hannafin or sorry, Hannifin like is your second pairing. I don't mind that. And then Shillington and Brody yeah. is your third pairing and you let Travis Hammick go, or you try and get something back for him.
1: Do oh. you think TJ Brody will be too expensive? I don't think he's gonna be much more expensive. Yeah, me either. He's had
0: a great first half of the year. Yeah. In the last Three or four games, he's starting to make some errors that he, that he's been known for. So we'll see how the second half goes. But I don't think he he's gonna ask for much more than he's currently getting paid.
1: No, Do I don't you? think. So. I don't think everybody's like, oh, he's gonna ask like six million plus. I don't think. so. However, he may. But he might if he
0: wants to test the free agency market. Well, if I mean, he, the
1: GMs tried to trade him, so. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what his appetite for sticking around is. We'll see.
0: I know. I think outside of that. He'd love to stay here. Yeah. Outside of that one little blip of Brad Tree living, trading him and Nazem Kadri shutting down the deal.
1: Yeah. So I think that's exactly what I, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Geo. Brody, re-sign Brody, Hanifin Anderson, Valamaki, Shillington next year. I, I just don't, I can't see Travis Hammond coming back. I, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. I don't think we should bring him back. No, I don't think we should bring him back either. Because like we've said a hundred times, like, He's, he's, he's good offensive impact, but for the offensive impact he has, he doesn't score enough, and he's too shaky in his own zone for what he's going to want, money wise. So, great guy, but I prefer Brody. Yeah, as, as far as him. the top six edition, well, you want Kasha. I want Kasha from Anaheim. I think you could get him. He's 24, he's under contract, he's a 20 goal scorer. I think that'd be a great ad. I think I want to get Evander Keane Yeah, you've been. I, I don't mind that, actually. Some people, I think, would really be like, "Oh God, he's too old and too expensive." But the idea of a Vander Kane on a line with Johnny Gaudreau and Sean Monahan does intrigue me. Because what's he me. making? Is he
0: making six million? He makes mil? seven mil, I think. So seven mil—it's a little expensive. It's a
1: little much, and his contract's a little long, and he's a little old.
0: But with what you have coming off the books this season, plus the anticipation of—I mean, we anticipated it last year didn't happen—but the cap increase. Yeah. You you could still have lots of room to work with with an Evander King, and then that solidifies your 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 top six out.
1: Maybe San Jose could retain some salary. Maybe. I I, am I'm, I'm not totally against it. It's a little bit intriguing. Yeah, it, it intrigues me. It's intriguing. because like
0: bit. when you're looking at the other options, everybody's still kind of like there's there's no like hell yeah yeah even with Kreider and Tofoley. And like you said, maybe it's gonna be. The guy that no one saw coming.
1: Yeah, that's what I kind of assume. Okay, let's get to some other ones here. Alright, this is an interesting one. Kipper aside, who has been your favorite Flames goalie? Play, mask, setup in Flames history? Ooh. I gotta think back. It's gotta be a, either Freddie Brathwaite or Rick Tabaracci. It's One 100- hundred Thousand million percent Freddie Brathwaite.
0: Remember Rick Tabaracci? He was similar in character to Freddie, but different, obviously. I don't
1: really remember Rick Tabaracci. And to be honest, I don't really remember Freddie Brathwaite. Yeah. But I, I do kind of remember him. Tabarachi was like he was really he had a lot of flair to him too it's it's kind of sad the Flames have never really had much in terms of goaltending you know what if you look back in the 40 it's years pretty hard in this at the players we've had outside of like the Stanley Cup team in that era yeah not good we're, we've been garbage but Freddie Brathwaite what a beauty good question Freddie Brathwaite is
0: that a Noah? that sounds like
1: yeah yeah that's usually like a Noah type thing that name. sounds like a Noah type it question was from Lauren who also asks another Lauren. question Lauren's on fire here Lauren you're on when, fire. When will the Flames officially retire 14? Get rid of Flames Forever Aflame. How have you not retired Al McInnes' number? Dude, the fact that Al McInnes... And hey, if Elliot Friedman... If you're listening to this... Which you know you are, Elliot. Stop saying McGinnis. It's McInnes. The fact that Al McInnes and Joe Noondike's numbers are in Forever Aflame... is what a joke. A goddamn joke. with a Travis? And the fact that Theo's number...
0: Another yeah, joke
1: in Travis. That is so... And I, the Flames organization, I get they have a problem. Oh, he's blah, blah, blah. He wasn't a good person. All that dumb shit. Come on. It's been like 20 years. It's been more than 20 years. Get over it. He still lives in Calgary. He's a Calgary Flame. The guy was molested by Graham James. Exactly. Of course he's not a good person. Get fucking over it. Would, Would you, you be a good person? I'm not a good person have now. Have you seen that freak? I'm not a good person now. Imagine that. Yeah. you can't. You have nothing to complain about. Right? And you're not a good person. No. Imagine fucking getting molested by Graham Jean. So fucking... And he does a lot of good community work. He does a lot of work like that with charities, stuff, stuff like that. Give... Like, come on.
0: Give me a break. Give me a 14 break. 14
1: needs to go up. 2 needs to go up. 2 and 25 is... twenty. 25. That's absurd. That's absurd. The fact that guys have worn number 2 and 25... That's absurd. ...is stupid. Okay. And one good more question. Lauren. Right? all over it. Warren, good with question. With Anderson signed long-term... With Kachuk and Anderson, what's the who is the future core of this team? Well, I think those two guys. I think Yusuf um, obviously Lindholm. I'm curious on Hannafin. Probably Hannafin. Manjipani, Dubé. Probably and Dubé, and then yeah, like I think those are the main guys. Like, like from, I, I don't see Johnny and Mani going anywhere anywhere soon though. Me either. Like I know there's all this dumb hype about Johnny leaving. Look at the value of that contract you're getting. I don't I don't see like I could see him leaving in free agency maybe. I don't know. Like we'll in, this, in this day and age, but we'll I'm not like, oh he's definitely leaving.
0: Like maybe he leaves. We'll see what this team can accomplish from now until then. But
1: if he leaves, I don't think it'll be like, oh, give me the fuck out of Calgary. Like if if his contract's up and they've sucked for the last two years, would you wanna stick around? Probably yep. not. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it looks pretty good if you've got guys like Manj, Dubé, maybe Pelche in a few years from now. So Looking good. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Great questions. <laughs> Shameen Chris. Yeah, Shameen. If you were the Flames GM, what move would you make to build this team for the future? So I'll, we'll take a broader approach to this. I think lately Brad Shuliving's work has been more of what I would want in that he's not trading away draft picks for marginal players and that he's keeping those draft picks. And when he is making trades, he's making trades for players who are young, and under team control. So I don't mind what he's done in a, Like, again, I didn't like the Dougie Hamilton trade, but I did like that he got two under-25 players under team control. I like when he trades people like Sven Berchi for draft picks that turn into Rasmus Anderson. And I like when he trades guys like Chris Russell for draft picks that turn into Dylan Dubé. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any one thing, but I think <clears throat> what he really needs to do, especially in Calgary... Where you know it's tough to get guys to play. You try to make a trade for Nazem Calgary and he says, fuck off. Draft and develop your players. Build them internally. Get guys like Matthew K- Not like Matthew Kuchak because there's nobody like Matthew Kuchak. But I am a big believer, especially in a market like Calgary, you got to build through the draft. Okay, one last question and we'll get to the rest of Mailbag next week. It's been an hour. It's been an hour. Um, from Teeman. Teeman. To- Toverton18 on Instagram. Who's your number one defenseman in a few years? Anderson or Valimacki?
0: I think we, we did this, didn't we? I'm we gonna did, say We Valimachi. did it in the summer, and you yeah. said Valimaki, and I think
1: I. I said Anderson. Yeah. And again, I think that's strictly because of sample size. I think we'd probably we we'd be able to make a more fair comparison if Valimaki had played a full season. Um, I'm just going based on the, the whole
0: prospect hype alone.
1: Yeah, but from what I've seen from Rasmus and Anderson, there's no reason he can't be a number one defenseman. But what I've seen
0: from Rasmus or uh, Valimaki has been very. Oh, he's been along. so good,
1: so yeah. good. So I'll say right now Rasmus Anderson, but I would... Like, I'm not... I, keep, I can see it being Valmack for sure. I'll go with valimac but... Just because. I think it will be Valimac-y. Mackie. right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you have a great weekend. Let's beat these Oilers. Yeah, bitch.